Okay, thank you. That's awesome. How are you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really good morning, right? Um, I know 48, we haven't seen that like forever, but um, it's really great. Um, yeah, so as, as John said, my name is Eric. Um, somebody actually reminded me this morning that I go by Eric the African, so <laughs> that, that, was, that was good. Um, I'm really glad to be able to teach him from the Bible this morning, right? Um, if you guys remember, we've been going through the book of Galatians, right? Um, and, and hope you don't forget the, the message that, um, the, hope you don't forget the message that freedom in Christ, right? How do we live free in Christ? And all the songs that we sang this morning were about living free, right? Because Jesus has set us free from the power of sin, the power of death, the power of the evil one that we can live free, right? So I've been just thinking about that, right? Why do we find it so hard to not live that way, right? Why do we find it so hard to live free? Why do we get so entangled with rules and regulations and trappings of religion and all of those things? Why do we do that, right? And, and I thought three things I, I was thinking about that came to mind. One is the fact that we don't want to yield control, right? Because to live in the power of the Holy Spirit means that you are no longer in control, right? You, you surrender. And for a lot of us, it's a lot easier just to obey the rules than just not know what God might do with your life, right? And, and so it gets a lot harder for us to be able to sort of yield control. So in that case, we'll rather prefer to follow rules, right? Follow regulations, follow traditions, right? Follow all of those different things instead of just uh, yielding to the Lord. The second thing I thought about has to do with this idea of going to the, the core issue, right? So last week, and many times, Brandon will preach, and he would say that the core issue is that your heart is not what you think it is, right? The, the core issue is that what you think it is, not what it is, right? So many times, if you follow rules, you follow regulations, it's, it's a lot easier that way, right? Instead of um, just, just allowing God to help you get to what is actually the driving force of whatever challenge you have, right? And then the third one has to do with this idea of self-righteousness, which many times is the most difficult thing for me, right? If I can follow rule A, B, C, then I've got something to prove, right? Then I can say that, yeah, I can do this. I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own power. I can do it by whichever way I want, right? Whereas if we yield to God, then it means that you, you can't say that, right? Um, you guys remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, right? That even the idea of salvation is a gift from God, right? You, it's, it's not from you, right? So you have really nothing to boast about, right? And, and so just, just to set the tone, right, that um, we, we're going to be work, walking our way through Galatians 4, right? That's kind of where we'll be today. Galatians 4, the first 20 verses. I've got a lot to say. Hopefully you're here with me, right? Hopefully you can, you can hear everything I've got to say, right? Galatians 4 through 20, uh, 1 through 20, right? As we get through these verses, right, one of the things I don't want you to forget is that Paul is trying to paint a picture, right? A picture of how do we live free versus a picture of how do we live as, as infants or in many ways as slaves, right? 
as slaves to sin, as slaves to, uh, to, to all these rules and regulations, right? So there's always that contrast, right? And Paul paints both of those really clearly in these verses. So, so I pray and hope that as we work our way through this, this sort of, uh, this, these 20 verses, right, in the next 30 or so minutes, that, that you can really be able to see that, right? You can see how does God call us to live as people that are free, right, versus how does he, how do we then tend to live outside of that, right? Live like folks that are not free at all. So let me read it. Uh, I'll read the first seven verses, and then we'll, we'll sort of pray, right? I'm trying not to use my glasses, right? <laughs> the, last, the last year has been rough. You know, it's like you, you're good until you get to 45 and everything goes downhill, right? <laughs> and, and it's sort of been that for me. So we'll see. I'm, I'm trying not to use glasses, so we'll see. Now I say that, so I'm reading from Galatians 4, right? The first uh, seven verses. Now I say that the, the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. But he is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, right, that's a really good word, the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the, the, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, right, you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus, right? And those are some beautiful words, right? Um, so if, I, I mean, the, the title of the message is right there, right? No longer slaves, but sons and daughters of God, right? It's right there. Um, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can always come to you, not, not, not as slaves, uh, but as sons and daughters. Uh, Jesus, this morning we come as your people. I love you many times, or when you refer to us as your sons and your daughters, your people, the people that you bought for yourself, the people that you redeemed for yourself. And Lord, we've, we've come, Jesus, we've come to you. Thank you for the time of worship. Uh, thank you for the time that we could, in many ways, celebrate your goodness to us, celebrate your kindness and your generosity to us, but also reflect on how great and awesome and mighty you are. So, Lord, we pray that even as we listen to your words, we pray that it brings life. We pray, Jesus, that these words truly help us see us as, as to who we are in you, Father. Lord, that you do that for us, Jesus. Lord, even this morning as we gather as your people, we take a few moments just, just to pray for the nation of Israel. We know many of these promises that we read from the Old Testament and even the New Testament were originally written to Jews. They were written to these people, and we pray, Lord, your covering and your protection for them. We pray your favor for them, Father. We pray that your hand will be upon your people. They are your people first. We, we were adopted into that family because of them. The, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob was their father first. They, to them belong all the promises, and thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us a part of that. 
Even this morning, Lord, would your grace avail for them. Would they lift up their eyes to you, Jesus, to their God, to their King? Would they see Jesus who loves and cares for them and even still praying for them that many of them will come to know him? Lord, we just honor you. We thank you. Jesus, be here with us. Uh, speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, if you don't, we have no chance at all. We have no chance at all. Lord, if you don't touch your people, if you don't open their eyes to what you've called them to, even Chase was saying that, if, if you don't allow your people to see them the way you see them, Jesus, we have no chance. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will do that in the hearts of your sons and your daughters this morning, that they can take a step into the freedom you call them to. We bless your name, our Father. We honor you. We give you worship. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's get going, right? So the first, so I've broken this down into five different sections, right? Um, so we'll look at the first three verses to look at the picture that Jesus paints, um, that Paul, right? That Paul paints in the first three verses. So the first three verses, um, just to summarize, it says, To be an immature Christian is like being a slave of bondage, right? So those first three verses, uh, Paul makes the case that, um, you guys are free, but you're still living as children, right? I mean, he's making the point there, that you guys are free, but, but you're living as children. Um, he talks about the fact that they are under guardianship, right? Um, it, you know, I, I was thinking about that. And in and, and a lot of places around the world, right, a lot of places around the world, children have no power, right? You tell them to sit, they sit, right? You tell them to go to bed, they go to bed. You tell them to do this, that's all they do. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case for American kids, right? Uh, many of them control uh, many households, right? But around many, in, in many cultures, children literally are under guardianship. And that's the point Paul is, is trying to make, right? That though we've come to know Christ, right, if you're not growing in him, right, if we're not growing into the image and the likeness of Christ, then what, what that becomes is we, we're living as under, uh, in fact, he used the word, elementary principles of the world, right? Don't eat, don't drink, don't do, don't that, don't that, right? And for some, it's the trappings of religion, right? They take more delight in what their religion has to do than what the Holy Spirit has to do, right? They take more delight in following rules and regulations rather than allowing God to do a lot of work through them, right? And Paul is saying, if you do that, then you are still in bondage, right? You are still under slavery, right? Um, and so it's important to, uh, to be able to see what Paul is saying. In fact, if you were to read from Ephesians 4.14, it says, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, right? Which literally shows what a child is, right? A child can easily be moved from one ideology to another, right? One thought to another, they have no firm foundation. That song we used to sing. They have no firm grasp of what it means to know Jesus and to follow him, right? And Paul is saying the first three verses. If you live like that, right? If, you know, I hear this, so that's the new thing. This is the new thing. That's the new thing. Then you are not free in Christ and, and you're not living the way he wants you to live. And so the question for all of us is, are we growing in Christ, right? 
Um, the next sets of picture uh, Paul paints is from verse 4 through 7. I, I like to read those again, right? Verses 4 through 7. Verses 4 through 7, to summarize, to be free is to be redeemed, adopted by Christ, and full of the Holy Spirit. And let me read those verses. But when the fullness of the time had come, right? I, you know, that's one verse I was praying for all of us, right? The fullness of time. God is never late, brothers and sisters. God is never late, right? There are folks who pray years for many things, right? God is never late when the fullness of time had come. Our God is not bound by time, but somehow he confines himself to our time, right? When the fullness of time had come. Um, Jesus was born, right? When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, right? Under the law, because, you know, we are sinful, right? God has to send his son to be like us so that he could redeem us. Without another chance, right? Though Jesus was without sin, he, he lived as one of us, right? He experienced pain, disappointment, failure, right? Anxiety, right? Jesus experienced all of the things that we experienced so that Hebrew says that he could help us, right? So Jesus was born to redeem those who were under the law that, he might that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent for the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave by a son and a daughter, I will say a daughter, and a head through Christ Jesus. So the next uh, verses 4 through 7, right? To be free is to be redeemed, adopted by Christ and full of the Holy Spirit, right? We, we talked about the fact that uh, when the fullness of time has come, right? God is never waiting in our lives, our families, life. we've seen many, many, many times. When God came, what we thought was the last minute, right? But God is never late. And our prayer for each one of us is that no matter what your circumstance, right, that God will never be late for you, right? So what did Jesus come to do according to these verses, right, to redeem? Uh, was it a few weeks ago? I think it's John, right, preached about redemption. You guys remember that? To redeem is to buy back, right, to purchase, right? To buy back. So Jesus had to pay the price so you and I can be redeemed, right? That's, that's pretty cool, right? Whether you, you believe it or not, right, you've been redeemed if you know Jesus, right? You've been bought back. And what is the price? The price is the life of Jesus, right? The life of the only begotten Son of God. Worth than gold, worth than money, worth than anything this world could offer, Right? That's the price. You've been redeemed, right? You've been redeemed. And what does that redemption lead to? So that we can be adopted into the family of God. Man, that's amazing, right? That's amazing. When I was praying, I talked about how all the original promises, right, were made to the nation of Israel. That is true, right? They were made to the nation of Israel. But we've been adopted into that family that we can lay claim to those promises, right? That we can lay claim to those things that God promised the nation of Israel. So that we can say we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Please don't forget that, right? It, it doesn't matter what, what your circumstance is, right? What you feel in. Last week, Brandon talked about feeling versus faith, right? And for a lot of us, the biggest challenge is we don't know enough to believe, right? Your feeling is so atrocious. I mean, for me, right? Today I'm high, tomorrow I'm low, right? Today I'm excited, tomorrow is all. But 
if I know who I am in Christ, right, if you know that you are redeemed, if you know that you've been adopted, if you know that you belong to God, it doesn't matter what I feel, right? If I know, what I, if I know that this is what Jesus or God thinks of me, it strengthens my faith, right? That doesn't, so he talks about uh, feeling versus faith, right? The thing that should drive our faith is our knowing. And many of us, we don't go enough into God's word to know who we are, right? He talks so much about identity, right? Identity. In all of these verses, I can tell you guys, in all of these Galatians, in order for us to live free, we got to know who we are. If you don't know your identity in Christ, you can never, ever live free for Christ. Then you'll be caught up in ideologies. You'll be caught up in all these trappings of religion, right? You'll be caught up in trying to follow the rules because you want to prove your worth, right? And God doesn't need you to prove your worth because you can't, right? You can't. You, you can absolutely not prove your worth. But if you know that God has made you redeemed, adopted, right? And then the next one talks about that he's giving us his spirit, right? God is giving us his holy, which is a guarantee. Brandon talked about again that last week, right? And I can tell you, he says, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to him, right? So people ask, how can I know that I'm saved? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you, right? If you don't have it, you don't belong to him, right? The sad thing is many of us, are so, we've, we're so scared of what the Holy Spirit can do to us that we don't, we, don't want to, we don't want to get nearer to him at all. He said he's given us his spirit to the point that we can cry, Abba, Father. Man, that's incredible, right? That you can call God your father, right? Man, that's incredible, right? That you can call the creator of the universe, the creator of all things. A few weeks ago, we were praying together, and I just went back to Psalm 8, right? Those of you who know Psalm 8. Uh, and Psalm 8 goes like this. When I consider the heavens, the work of your hands, when I see all the things that you have made, what is man that you mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him, Right? So, yes, it's true. This universe is vast. It's, it's amazing. It's great. And, you know, it tells of the fact that there is a creator, right? But in all of that, God wants to relate to you and I through his spirit, right? And, and so without that, there's, there's no way, right? You'll still be in bondage, right? And so important not, not to forget those things, right? Let me re recycle back, right? So these, these verses talk about identity. And what is our identity? That we've been redeemed, Right? We've been adopted. we become sons and daughters of, 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 of Christ. God is giving us of his Holy Spirit, right, which is amazing, so that we can cry out to him, right? And then the final thing he says is that we become heirs, right? I, that word makes my tongue twist, right? So I prefer inheritance, right? He's giving us inheritance. I know some of you are thinking of money. God wants more than money for you, right? <laughs> um, obviously, having a lot more money is always good, right? <laughs> it's always good, right? But God wants more than money for us. God wants more than money. Uh, some of you will say, I'm poor. Yeah, that's true, right? Or you are poor. That's, that's true. But if you live in the United States, you're richer than 90% of the world, right? Okay, I mean, you're comparing yourself to somebody out there. For the average guy, you, you're very rich, right? But more than that, right, more than that, um, when I was thinking about that, that idea of inheritance, right, what Jesus owns, you own, right? When Jesus lived on this earth, he was poor. I mean, people will want to tell you otherwise. 
He talks about foxes have holes, uh, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I mean, that's a fact in the scriptures, right? But Jesus made us rich, right? And, and so I was thinking about that, and I said, how can, how can I make my brothers understand what it means by us that we, we have that inheritance, right? One day we get to spend time with God in heaven, but even beyond that, can you imagine the fact that God gives you of his spirit? Uh, David, one of the greatest men that, that ever lived, would say, God, please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Why? Because that Holy Spirit is worse than anything else this world could offer. I mean, down the road, right, we'll, we'll talk about joy, peace, patience, right? Those are great gifts, right? The gift of salvation. Knowing Jesus, right? The gift of knowing that someday when this life is over, right? When this life is finally over, that I'll get to live with God, get to see him face to face, right? And he gives us new bodies, right? The body that doesn't, um, somebody was telling me this morning, you know, you're getting older, <laughs> right? We're all getting there, right? Um, I play soccer, and I still think I'm pretty decent, right? But it's getting to the point, they give me a pass that a year ago I can't get to. I can't get to anymore, right? Say, so, oh, man, have I lost my, <laughs> my step so fast already, right? But the day will come that God will give us new bodies, right? New, new, new life. There will not be sin, right? There will not be death. There will not be sickness. Those are gifts from God. They are rich gifts that he gives us. Last night as a family, we were praying together, and, 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 and man, just to hear our boys pray for us, right? So pray for my wife and I, just, just to, even saying that, I'm about to shed tears, right? Those are great, great blessings from the Lord, right, that money cannot buy, right? No amount of gold or silver could be able to pay for that. That's an inheritance that, that we have in Christ. Can I give you guys a challenge, right? I always like to do that. Can I give you a challenge? Uh, this coming week, right, this coming week, if you can, can you look yourself in the mirror? There's mirror everywhere, right? You go to every bathroom, you see a mirror. When you see yourself in your mirror, can you tell yourself, I'm redeemed, I am adopted, I'm saved, I have the Holy Spirit? Can you cry out to God for that? Um, and the second challenge is, so our connect group, we meet Friday night. Man, it's been good. The past few weeks, we've had some young people. And they've given us some really good energy. We've been trying to memorize scripture, right? So every time we finish our discussion, we give out scripture that we can memorize. I want to challenge you guys, right? That this coming week, can you memorize Galatians 4, 6, and 7? Right. Try it. You, you'll be surprised. It allows you to begin to think and, and begin to look at those scriptures a little more closer, right? Great, great, right. Okay, so the next, the next set of verses from verses 8 through 11, right? Verses 8 through 11. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to lie in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. Right. So those verses uh, summarize the fact that to be enslaved by your former way of life, 
life is like you have not, not known, you have never known the Lord, right? To be enslaved by your former way of life is like you have never known the Lord, right? How sad, right? And many of us live like that. We get saved because Jesus saved us, but then we go back for the baggage, right? Because we want to prove our worth, because we don't want to surrender to him, right? Because we want to show that we can do this on our own. Instead of letting his Holy Spirit sort of help us, right? I, I want to um, say something brief about um, one of those verses, right? Where he talks about you observe days and months, right? Um, we celebrate Christmas, right? That's not what he's talking about, right? You run into all kinds of, <laughs> um, they call themselves Christians, right? That we, don't, we celebrate Christmas, right? We celebrate Easter. We celebrate birthdays, right? Those, those are, that's not what he's talking about, right? What he's trying to talk about is, do you hold on to certain things that have more spiritual significance than what God has called you to, right? And I want to particularly talk to a lot of young people, even some of you guys. Things like horoscopes, right? Okay? Things like horoscopes. Things like palm reading, okay? Um, things like some of you, you play all kinds of video games with Ouija boards, right? Um, things like a lot of Eastern philosophies. Now you can't uh, really read anything in, in the media without all kinds of infiltration of all kinds of ideas, really, right? Buddhist ideas that uh, they, they show themselves as if they even sound good, right? A lot of Hindu-type ideas, they sound even Christian, right? And because many of God's people are so, um, are so naive, right? They really know nothing. About, uh, they, they accept those things. They post them. They rejoice in them, Right? And if you're not careful, it will make you more than a slave, right? To be like you've never known Jesus. So be careful of those things, right? Um, uh, transcendental meditation, right? All of those things, right? He said you observe this, right? These are God's people, right? They're getting it hooked up in all of these things that on the surface they look good, they look nice, they sound awesome, right? But underneath it is going to make you a slave to the evil one, right? It's not going to help you grow into the image and the likeness of Christ, right? And you want to absolutely be careful about those things, right? You absolutely want to be careful about those things. And, and that's all he's trying to say there, right? So let's be careful not to get enslaved again by our former way of life, okay? Let's, let's really be careful of, about that. The next sets of verses from 12 through 16, right? From 12 through 16. It says, you know that because of physical, uh, from 12, brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemies because I tell you the truth? Right. You know, many of us are weak, right? And many times God uses our weakness to do great things. Um, God uses our weakness to do great things. Uh, those verses, to, to be free is to be willing to listen to the truth, even when it is hard truth, right? 
and this is why it's hard for a lot of us, right? It's hard, so um, we've run into a lot of people, right? At group, at school, all over. And sometimes it's hard for them to, to, to take the truth we want to tell them, right? Sometimes they think we hate them, right? And they don't know how much we love them. They don't know how much we pray for them. They, even you guys, right? Sometimes Brandon tells you some things and you think, oh, those are hard sayings. Who can believe that, right? And it's because he cares for you, because he prays for you hard. I, I, we, we pray for us as God's people, right, that we don't get to the point where we have itching ears, right? Second Timothy 3 talks about the day is coming, right, where they will not be willing to listen to sound doctrine, right? And Paul is saying, guys, I'm telling you these things not because I hate you, but because I love you, because I, I truly, truly care for you, right? Has there been a recent time in your life that you've been called out? Man, I've been called out a lot, right? Um, I remember this one about, uh, I think, about two months ago. We went to Atlanta. We were on our way coming. We wanted to buy something. So um, we got out, and there was this young man. He was giving out trucks, trying to invite people to his church. Uh, for some reason, I got really ticked off. I said some things I shouldn't say. Um, when we got out, uh, my wife and kids said, why did you do that? Said, that that's not good. I was trying to be defensive, which is normally what happens, right? I was trying to be defensive, but then later I went back. And so we went, they were buying food. I said, I'm going to go get gas, but then I went back to this guy and said, hey, man, I'm sorry, right? Actually believe in what you were doing, right? So here Paul is trying to call these guys out, right? Paul is trying to call them out. And many times the church will become so soft that we can't hear the truth anymore, right? We can't hear things that challenge our faith, things that to be, to be free is to let the Holy Spirit lead you, right? And, and, and so it, it makes it very, very hard even to lead God's people these days, right? We have a lot of young people in our group, and one of the things my wife and we've been praying is, would they hang out with us long enough for God to do what he wants to do in them? Would they hang out long enough, right? Because sometimes they come and the challenge we push, we put to them, uh, the things we, we try, we see God wants to do, and we're trying to push them. Many of them are not ready for it. So sometimes we just keep quiet. We keep quiet until the appropriate time, right? But our prayer for all of us, right, our prayer for all of us is that we will be in the position that we can let God do what he wants to do, right? And, and the same for you, the same for your families, right, that, that you could let the Lord do what he wants to do. The last sets of verses, right, from 17 through 20, is to be free, is to have the appropriate zeal and the right kind of community and for Christ to be formed in us. Uh, let me just kind of read that, right, 17 through 20. They zealously caught you, but... For no good, yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, from, for whom I labor in, in, in birth again until Christ is formed in you, I would like to be present with you now and, and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. Do you guys see what Paul is saying there? Right. Um, I mean, we talk about community a lot here, right? That find yourself in group, find yourself in community. The right kind of community, though, right? 
the right kind of community. Many of you, it's so sad, you will, you will not come to this community, but you find yourself in other communities that will not help your growth at all, right? I can tell you we have friends who ended up with Jehovah's Witnesses. That community is tight. You get in there, you're not getting out, right? And it's all, 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 all. There, there is no Holy Spirit there at all, right? You run into the, um, the Mormons, right? Their community is very tight. You're not getting out, right? The right kind of community will lead you to know Jesus, right? And so the, he was telling these Galatians, you have all these guys who are trying to get you into the wrong kind of community, right? And, and people here, we beg them, we plead with them, right? But they want the community they want, and ultimately it doesn't help them, right? Paul also talks about zeal, right? And, and I even like this, this, this verse he talked about, that, that Christ be formed in them, right? Guys, that's been our prayer for all of us, right? You guys remember the beginning we talked about being a child is being like a slave, right? The only way you can grow from that, right, is Jesus being formed in us, right? Jesus literally increasing in us, right? And the question I want to ask you is, do you think Jesus has been growing in you, right? Because that's, that's the key, right? It's, it's one of the key things of overcoming this, this, this idea of being caught up in, in rules and regulations and trappings of religion, right? Even if you're not careful, sometimes reading the Bible or coming to church can be, uh, can be that, right? So I help out with connection students. And one of the things I tell our young men all the time, right, because they, they have that temptation quite a bit, is to grow up in the church, right, and feel like you know Jesus when you don't, right? Because we've conditioned our kids to be good kids, which is good, right? But being good is not the same as knowing Jesus and living for him, right? Being good is not the same as Jesus daily reminding us of areas we need to grow, things we need to pursue for his sake, and walking in those things, right? They are not the same thing, right? Being good is not the same as God literally transforming your heart, right? And sometimes that's a danger. So we tell our kids, do you know the Lord? We, we remind them, right? Because knowing Jesus and living for him and experiencing him, they are two totally different things, right? And so the challenge for us, and, and, and I like that Paul is saying that I'm praying that Jesus will be formed in you, right? And that's our prayer for you guys. Uh, we pray that daily for us, right, that you guys will not just come here and live the same, right, that you guys will not show up and say, oh, yeah, I've done my duty for the day, right? <laughs> I've done my duty for the week. More than that, right? More than that. that. That whatever it is, that Jesus will continue to be formed in us, right? So going through these sets of verses, right, I, I, I've sort of wanted to see how do they line up together, right? Um, you know, our church, we're really good at coming up with charts and tables, um, some really fancy ones. This one I have is not that fancy, but I want you to take a quick look at this, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so take a quick look at, 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 this, at this table, right? So it, you, you look at what does it mean to be free, right, on your left, and, and what does it mean, like, to be a slave, right? to be matured in Christ, right, and the guardianship of the Holy Spirit, right, yielding control to him, right, having an inheritance in Christ where we know Jesus owns all things, right, 
God is our Father, adopted into God's family, redeemed by Christ, right? That redemption. Ephesians 1 7, right? Is it 1 7 or 1 17? In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That Christ is formed in us, right? And increasing in us. That's growth, right? And that you, you find yourself within the family of God. Uh, you talk to a lot of young people these days. They say, oh, I can be religious. I can be Christian and, and not be part of the community of God, within the family of God, right? I challenge for all of us, right? I challenge for all of us. Can you please rise? Right. So go, let, let me read verse 6 again, right? So verse 6, Galatians 4, 6, right? And because you are sons, God has sent for the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Right. When was the last time you, you cried out to him? Literally, his spirit inside of you, crying out, Abba, Father. Right. God's spirit inside of us, right? Literally crying out, Abba, Father. Right. So we have a lot of time, right? We want to ask God, please rise if you don't mind, right? Can, can you please stand? Right. I want us to just take a moment just, just to cry out to God for yourself, right? If for nothing, I want you to just, just pray that God's spirit will, will cry out in you, right? Pray that because all of this, there's, there's no chance if the spirit of God is not inside of us, right? If, if the Spirit of God is not in, then you can't be formed, right? That Jesus will not be formed in us, right? Then Jesus will not keep growing us. Then we can't continue to do the things that he calls us to. Not because we want to follow some law, right? Not because we want to follow some rules, but because Jesus is doing what he wants to do in each one of us. Then, you know, when trouble comes, you quickly lose your identity of who you are, right? Of what Jesus has called you to be. So I do want you to, if you do want to come forward, you're welcome to, right? But I just want you to just begin to just, just, just cry out to the Lord for yourself, right? Cry out to the Lord that you would, you would keep maturing in Him. You keep growing in Him. You keep being what He's called you to, you know? So let's, let's, let's take a moment and just, just cry out to God.